Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. I have Jeff and Mikey here today. And today we're going to start off by reviewing the UFC 284 card and then previewing the UFC Fight Night Blanchfield versus Andrade card and giving our picks for that card. So starting off with UFC 284, Mike went four and four. He missed on Mikey's Nyquil fight of the night, Tyson Pedro versus Bukowskis. Um, Jeff went five and three. He missed on his Hammy Sosa's lock of the night. Dude, uh, Tyson, Tyson Pedro, Pedro, man. He fucked <laughs> pretty badly. He he that both of those picks got fucked over by Tyson Pedro. And then I went four and four. And I my prelim pick of the night was Jamie Malarkey versus Francisco Prado. Um, Dude, and I completely forgot to put any fucking verdict picks in. Completely fucking forgot. I'm number one in verdict right now. I don't know how, but I am. So shout that out. Um, Dude, well, fucking Saturday, I meant to do it. And I had to run up to Philly. And it was fucking, dude, obviously everyone's out for Super Bowl. And it was sneaker con when I was out there. It was fucking packed. And then, dude, I was thinking about it. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it right now. We're eating dinner. This fucking, as we're walking to go eat, this fucking crackhead behind me in a wheelchair just goes, fuck. Fuck, fuck, man. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? He's like two foot behind me and my girlfriend scared the shit out of me. So my brain was just scrambled. That you know, I forgot about con and got a fucking one of them rip off mystery boxes like them little white kids. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I couldn't even think about sneaker con. All I kept thinking about was a headline of like local man beats shit out of like Iraqi war veteran in Center City, Philadelphia, and me getting canceled. That's all I keep <laughs> thinking about, dude. <laughs> Oh, it was man. fucking tear all that for my fucking verdict. There you go. Well, that's a good that's a good excuse. I'll give it to you. Um, Fuck all right, shit. That moves our all time pick records. Mikey, 31, 27, 3 and 3 on Night Cool Fight of the Night picks. Jeff, you're 35 and 22 all time, 3 and 2 on Hammy Sosa Lock of the Night picks. And then I am 32 and 26. So Jeff is still in the lead. Let's review the card now. Fight one Elvis Burner versus Zubara Tukagov. Pretty solid fight. I enjoyed watching it. I I will say I watched it with the sound off, and I didn't think that Elvis Brenner um, was like a huge, you know, um, clear like winner. But I didn't think it was what's it called a robbery by any chance. I, I thought Elvis Brenner did win, but I thought it was very close. I thought it would have been split decision, not necessarily unanimous, but. People said this was the ro- a very big robbery. Uh, yeah, Jeff. I I think they're more upset because there's a 30-27. Yeah, that one was very, very yeah. clearly lost in the round. Yeah, that was not. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The robbery um, that people are throwing out there. I think that people throw that term out a little bit too loosely. Um, nonetheless, very fun fight. Very back and forth. I was impressed because Brenner, one, he looks like a Figueredo and Oliver had a baby. But he strikes just like Charles, which makes sense because Charles is his coach. That was his first fight um, in the UFC. He was put in some tough spots, did not look scared. Um, yeah, he he was really dynamic with the striking. I was very impressed with that. Um, Mike, did you, were you able to catch this one? Yeah, I thought the same thing as Jeff. I thought it was just more directed towards that it wasn't 29-28. I, I also watched it with the sound off, and I agree completely with what you said. I don't, I don't think it was as big as robbery as everyone was saying. Yeah, all right. Moving forward. It, but, Shane, dude. This oh, is I just want to say something. If you ever fucking if you're ever looking at the card and you want to know who to bet on, if you see a motherfucker with the association highlighted shoot box fucking Douglas Lima or Diego Lima, yeah, fucking 
hammer it, especially if they're making their debut. They're going to win. Yeah. I don't know what it is. These motherfuckers out of Oliveira's camp have not lost the debut in like 18 months, dude. I know. Every fun. fight night, I feel like they're fighting. They haven't really they have been losing, period. They have another fucking mini Oliveira fighting. Yeah. yeah, not even just the debuts. They really haven't been losing, period. All blonde head, it looked like fucking Slim Shady, too. Crazy. They do look like Slim Shady. It's kind of fucking weird. Um, all right. Next fight, Shane Young versus Blake Builder. Uh, fight started pretty slow, but the last two minutes were pretty fun. Um, mostly a stand-up boxing match, which I enjoyed. Um, I was impressed with both guys, but I think Builder was just like a little bit more of a dynamic striker. Obviously, he has that like golden gloves background, so he looked really good. Um, I'm excited to see what both those guys do as they grow. Builder's a pretty interesting project, though. I'm really excited to watch him fight again. He's got all these, like, I didn't realize he took a bunch of amateur fights and ha- has more of a career than his um, record would suggest. So I thought it was a pretty good fight. Mike, how did you feel about this one? Dude, what a, uh, what a, I know he's Shane Young's New Zealand, not Australia, but pretty yeah. damn close. What a disappointing start for the home crowd, dude. I really, really thought he was going to come in and roll Blake Builder, and Blake Builder just looked a step ahead of him the whole fight. Like, I think Shane Young closed it, like, almost minus 150. He was coming in looking good. And the fucking dude, Shane Young, like, he had 0.2% body fat. Like, he looked to be yeah. – I mean, Builder looked in good shape, but he looked in far better shape. I was like, God damn. Yeah. He just couldn't get anything going. Every little thing he kept getting going, that fucking Builder kept putting a stop right into it, and he just, just pounced right on him. Yeah, and Builder's movement was pretty interesting. He was kind of like circling around the ring as Shane Young was just like had him back to the cage, but not in one position for him. Dude, did anyone catch what fucking ethnicity he was? Dude, because I thought he was Hispanic because he had the corners. High Carl France ethnicity. No, 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 not Shane Young. Not the fucking Blake Griffin and fucking Kai Car France. No, (laughs) whatever that is. That's the Australian Stonehenge. They're not, he's not that. I'm talking about Blake Builder. Because, dude, I thought he was Hispanic because he said he's from California and he had the cornrows. And then he started talking and he sounded like, he sounded more like white than us. I was like, what fucking ethnicity is this guy? I don't know what he is. I know, um, Shane. What are you? (laughs) <laughs> Shane Young is of the May. Oh God, I'm gonna fuck this up. I'm really sorry. Uh, Maury tribe. So oh, he's yeah, he's Stonehenge. Fucking dude, they all look like Stonehenges. Like well, Jack no, Jenkins this one's too. fucking American Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah, <that's very laughs> this is a native guy. He's also half um, he's half European, half Stonehenge. Dude, Shane like, Young. Yeah, it says or sorry, he uses. Wait, yeah, he's from says, New Zealand. Young, I thought Young's we were looking at Europe- Blake Builder. No, well, talking, I, I'm yeah. asking about Builder, but Shane Young's from New Zealand. They look like Stonehenges, dude. They all so, have like yeah. that super sharp nose and like yeah, no fat around their chins. Shane, yeah. Shane Young is of European and Maori descent. Um, yeah, I don't know what Blake Builder. Both got a little bit of it in them too. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, they're they're like the warrior tribe. It's or clan. They're very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know what Blake Builder is. He looks like me and my girl are actually talking about that while watching the fight. Like, isn't it strange how a lot of Australian people look identical? Yeah, and they're from everywhere. Yeah, it's like hard to explain too, because I'm sure to them they're like, "What the fuck?" No, we don't. But then you look at them, you're like, "Ah, I don't know, dude. Guys (laughs) look alike." I said to British people too, dude. This is the most racist podcast of all time. But dude, British people. No, no. Whatever you're about to say, no. Well, they probably think we all look like fucking fat slob fucks yeah. <laughs> sitting behind computers. So whatever. To be fair. <laughs> fair. I mean, they're not that far off. All right. Um, 
let's move on before we get fully canceled here. Um, next fight, Loma Luke British people. <laughs> Loma Luke Boonmi versus Elise Reed. Our girl Loma scared us for a second there, but she's able to get that submission win. Uh, one thing that really annoyed the fuck out of me was every time she got kicked, Elise Reed would show where she got kicked to try and like say that she missed it. So if she got kicked in the arm, she would like be like she would like shake her head and be like, "Nah, you missed. You hit my arm." It's very fucking annoying. Um, Loma missed a kick across her stomach, and Elise like swiped her stomach to show where it missed. It was very weird. But anyways, um, Loma fucked up Elise Reed's leg with this crazy kick. It like purpled it up right away. And then um, she fucked up her nose pretty bad. It was bleeding all over the spot. To end round one, Reed got Loma in this backpack spot that I was kind of scared for for a second. But then start round two, Loma just picked up Elise. Elise dropped her and then took her back and submitted her via choke. Uh, great performance and also a really fun fight to watch. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed that fight. Um, Jeff, we'll start with you. How did you feel about that one? Yeah, I mean, Loma went out there and kind of whooped wholesale ass in that second round. That was pretty oh, sweet yeah. to watch. That first round did have me a little bit scared, but I don't know. Loma just looked really good on the feet no matter what. I think she's she might be something here soon, honestly. I know. I really enjoy watching her fight. Um, And that fucking leg kick that just burst Elise's leg was crazy. Yeah. Uh, Mike, how'd you like this fight? Yeah, I really in no point of the fight was afraid for Loma. Like you said, there was a, like the last minute of round one, yeah. maybe, but at least Reed just didn't look up to par with Loma to me. Her strikes weren't doing a whole lot. And yeah, she's got this swelling confidence that's like, whatever, cool, that's that's who you are as a person. But I don't know where that was coming from. I didn't really think she was decisively winning or really making a lot of progress by any means. And then to get choked out, you know, 45 seconds in a round two, that kind of went right back in her face. It was definitely a good fight to watch, though. Yeah. yeah, Max, I want to know, what was more annoying, Elise Reed shrugging off every hit or Valentina screaming when her little sister was fighting? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> every time her fucking... Dude, her sister was getting pieced up and she oh. would scream. I forgot about that. That was really fucking annoying. Remember when Max, remember Max said, yeah. uh, one of us said something like, yeah, Valentina, she's really, and we paused, and he goes, hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said beautiful. Yes, he's beautiful like I was respectful as Even fuck. better. I was respectful as fuck, bro. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, that one was really annoying. The Valentina one made more sense with the screams, um, because that's like you're watching a little sister get pieced up. This one was just fucking weird. I, I don't know. Um, all right, next fight, our boy John Shanus, Jack Jenkins, um. Oh, tough one for our boy Shameless there, but uh, no question. No one can question the heart of Shaneus. I mean, those leg kicks that he was eating were absolutely fucking lethal. That's really what made the difference. He, uh, yeah, he ate a couple of those when he definitely should have tried to check or avoid it altogether. And, uh, yeah, you could tell that fucking hindered him pretty pretty uh, deeply. Was a great fight. Jenkins looked really, really sharp. But, um, honestly, it was just all about the leg kicks in this one that really put it away. Went to decision where Jack Jenkins won via unanimous. Um, I hope Don Shana stays in the UFC after this one. Um, but yeah, no, I was I, I enjoyed watching the fight as like a fan, but as a fan of Don Shana, that one hurt to watch. Mike, we'll start with you. How did you uh, feel about this one? God damn, I know one thing too. I mean, uh, I don't know if this is true or not. It, it might not even be true, but MMA Junkie posted, I think it was yesterday, that Jack Jenkins said he's pretty sure he broke his leg. For really? the last five. Yeah, he said he's broke 
four of his last five opponents' legs. Uh, he is insanely oh, broke, good. Broke Shanus's leg. Yes, is okay. what he said. He thinks so. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he said. And Jack Jenkins, I think we can all agree, Don Shanus put up a great fight, and we always appreciate the guys coming on talking to us. And he got dealt a bad hand with this one. Jack Jenkins is insanely good. Yeah, I mean he's fucking good everywhere. They have him listed as a freestyle fighter. And that's exactly what he is. I mean, he gets you from any angle. He even mixed in a lot of takedowns this fight, which he was known for in the beginning. I love the shout out at the end where he said, fucking, how about that for a one trick pony? Referring yeah. to his, uh, you know, Dana White calling him out after his contender series win that was heavily wrestling. And he came out and Dana fucking landed, dude, landed Dana 100 strikes. Yeah. Do you think Dana saw that? He wasn't even in the building. Right. What a dick. Yeah. Like, what does he have to say now? You can't say shit about him. And it, and he's exciting as fuck. I like him a lot. Yeah, I like – and he also has, like, a, a, a good-ass Aussie look to him. The mullet and the mustache. Very yeah, stellar Aussie awesome look. Good yeah, dude. Point. I don't know what it is about fucking these Aussie prospects, dude. They are the most lovable people of all time. I think that it's, like, Australia – that they just like represent Australia. Dude, all it of them. It's like, like a cultural thing, I guess. Yeah, it Bro, sounds like they're. I all... don't think there's like one like fucking Aussie prospect that we hate. Like even New Zealand. Yeah, I don't like it. I I don't not like any of them. They're yeah, the like... only the only one is Lee Dick Alisanya. I mean, he's not a prospect, obviously, but yeah, he's but about still, the only one. When I he can was think coming of. up, bro. He, oh yeah, people loved. Everyone him, loved him. Yeah, it's very interesting. It. And also, he's more – he, I think – no, I don't know. He he is definitely from Aussie, but he you could argue he's Nigerian. Or I'm not. calling it the yeah. fucking – the island push. Yeah. Every prospect from the island gets loved instantly. True. Um. Yeah, so – Almost yeah. like Liverpool, too. True. Yeah. Scousers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. Jamie Malarkey versus Francisco Prado. What a performance from Malarkey. It was like watching a little brother beat up his younger brother uh, – Jamie showed that there's levels to this game. He masterfully struck Prado and just picked up points while simultaneously respecting Prado's like one punch KO power. It was just beautiful to watch. He put on a clinic on how to handle someone that has insane one punch power, but still, you know, piecing them up for points. He just showed how fucking solid that Jamie Malarkey is. I'm a, obviously we're all big fans of him and yeah, great win for Jamie Malarkey, Mar- Malarkey via unanimous decision. Jeff, we'll go to you. How did you feel about that one? Yeah. That was a pretty sweet win for Jamie Malarkey, but man, I was kind of upset he didn't get the finish. I was really hoping yeah. for it. He was piecing them up. I was like, damn, he really might get this shit. I live fed it. I was hype as shit. And then, nope, he just kept fucking just doing enough, just doing enough. Yeah, he, he definitely, Um, I think he was trying to watch out for that, like taking huge risks because Prado has yeah. this, like, crazy cannon that can just knock you out so i understood why he was doing what he was doing but i agree i, w- I would have liked to see the ko nonetheless though still very solid performance mike what did you take away from this one yeah i mean i thought this was his best performance yet too which is saying a lot because he beat michael johnson it was a split decision but he still beat michael johnson which is saying a lot i thought this performance was a lot better i think this was like his breakout performance he actually looked like a complete fighter to me in this one and yeah. every fight before this, there's kind of been one, you know, a few question marks leaving the fight as to like how good he actually is all around. I thought he looked great everywhere, and he looked a step ahead, like you said. He negated everything Prado did good. I just thought it was a great win. 
Yeah, completely agree. Next fight was very quick. Uh, there's not going to be a ton of analysis on this one. Uh, Shannon Ross versus Cletson Rodriguez. It was quick. It was brutal. R- Rodriguez does like five or sorry, seven spinning kicks and heel kicks. And then just he even did like a spinning ass kick ass. <laughs> the nuts. And they just unloaded on Shannon Ross and got a very, very quick first round TKO win. Uh, that was absolutely fucking nuts. I've not seen variation in striking like that ever. Uh, it was fucking crazy. Mike, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on that TKO win? Yeah, like you said, not much to say. The Brazilians did pretty good on this card, too, though. Yeah. I think they got two or three wins outside yeah. the Aussies, so I, I guess you can say that much. Quick win. I mean, good for him. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah, I think you guys just about summed it up. I mean, <laughs> that somehow both of your guys' fucking five-cent fucking summations were fucking longer than the fight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was insane. Um, All right, next fight, which was a fun one. Joshua Kulabau versus Melsik Bogdasarian. Man, these two did not like each other. And I honestly don't pay, uh, blame Kulabau at all. Melsik was dirty as fuck. For, and um, he also had like this, first off, he started being dirty with the fucking throat shove at the weigh-ins where he grabbed Kulabau's throat and shoved him. And then he had an awful nut shot, one of the worst we've seen. And some of eye pokes as well. One dirty fucking fighter. Um, and then, anyways, the fight was good itself. There was that horrific nut shot, which, you know, took a lot of time. Actually, I think it took like two minutes. But other than that, it was a kickboxing fight through and through. Melsic was actually clearly winning. And then he got stumbled with a kick, then counterpunch. And then from there, Kulibau took his neck and choked him the fuck out. What I noticed was that Kulibau held that shit long after uh, Melsic tapped. The ref had to kind of pull him off. And then he shoved him when he got up. And then, which I thought all that was pretty deserved. Um and then they made up after a good win for Kulabau, bad loss for Melzik in a fight that he was winning and was supposed to win, even though it was a pick em. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. How did you feel about that one? Yeah, that was a fucking sweet win for Kulabau now. Like, I mean, I've, I've never really been the biggest Kulabau fan, but after that one, it might be a fucking another fucking island push, dude. Yeah, I might be fucking. I might be a fucking Kulibau fucking mark from now on, dude. That was a great win. I love when fighters get like I don't know. I love when it's a pissed off fight. Yeah, I do too. I fucking love that, and it was deserved. Like that Melsic dude was dirty as fuck all the way through. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Uh, did you guys think that nut shot was intentional? Because I could not agree more. That was one of the most direct cup shots I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how it, it looked very direct. I'm not even worried. Like, even if you took that away, the throat shove at the weigh-ins, and then there's yeah. like, a couple of eye pokes, and then it looked like he was kind of digging the gloves, too. Dude, if he was wearing a cup, how the hell did – how was a bone not broken? <laughs> Like he hit that fucking cup so hard. I mean, that was one of the hardest nut shots I've ever seen live on TV. And I yeah. agree with Jeff. The cool about train, I mean, it might be picking up senior. He's only lost to Jalen Turner, and he had a draw with Charles Jordan since being in the UFC. He's racked off three straight wins since then. Like you said, he was losing round one, but a win's a win. Cool yeah. about, I mean, the cool about train might be picking up some steam, boys. I think we got to hop on. Yeah, I'll hop on that for sure. Um, yeah, good win for him. Like I said, bad win, bad loss for Melsic. He would he actually had a train going and he definitely lost some steam with that one. Um, 
especially just because he I know it was a small mistake, but it happened. You can't let that happen. Um, next fight. This is the fight that fucked us over. Tyson Pedro versus Modestus Bukowskis. Boring stand and bang fight. Both guys gassed out pretty quickly. Modestus was fresher and much more active, but the heavyweight and light heavyweight fights, if they're not elite and these guys gas out early, it gets pretty rough in the final couple of rounds, in my opinion. It's kind of hard to watch. I would rather watch flyweights beat the fuck out of each other um, as fast as they can without knocking each other out uh, than watching, you know, two massive dudes gas the fuck out, um, swinging nothing at each other. Um, good win for Bukowskis. Good story. Obviously coming back after a bunch of injuries, finally in the UFC again um, after some time in Cage Warriors. So good for him. Pedro fucked us over on a lot of bets. Mike, we'll start with you. How did you feel about that one? I don't even know what the fuck to say about Pedro, dude. Uh, what the flying fuck was that? I mean, I know not everyone's 100% all the time, but that was just a bad performance. I thought the 30-27 was granted. I thought it should have been 30-27 across the board. Pretty sure it was two 29-28s and a 30-27. I just don't think Pedro looked good at all, especially early. He just looked bad. I don't know what happened to him, dude. I really thought he was going to come in here and roll that fucker. I wonder if he overhypes or something. I don't know. It was, it was. I agree. It was a bad performance. He's Australian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if that gets to him more than fucking plays to their hands because he's just yeah. especially like really. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Derek Lewis, especially that first round. It really stood out to me. I was like, he just does not look ready for this fight one bit. And I don't think he did throughout the whole fight. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, this really pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> I mean, shout out to Bukakis or fucking... <laughs> Dude, I hate those Bukakis. names with the fucking all Ks and all Ss. Yeah. My list can't, can't handle that shit. <laughs> but fucking shout out to Bukakis, man. He fucking... <laughs> he whooped up Tyson Pedro on fucking short notice. Yeah. I mean, everything was stacked against him. In his home crowd, I mean... Tyson Pedro, damn, I don't even know what to say. I yeah. seriously don't know. That that one was an awful performance. That was sickening, honestly. Yeah, and he didn't even make it interesting. That was the worst yeah. part. He shit on us, Mike. Yeah, yeah he big shit time. On us. That was bad. Uh, rolling it into another pretty bad performance, Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield. I mean, Menafield fumbled the bag here. He totally gassed out and somehow – Jimmy Crute, who was fully out on his feet, managed to stay alive and get the draw due to Menafield being... I mean, obviously, the draw was due to Menafield doing a pretty egregious fence grab that led to a point deduction. I agree like with a that. fucking no. stooge. Yeah. <laughs> fumbling the bag. He should have gotten the win and the KO, but obviously did not. And I think, to me, both of these guys are not elite and are probably just divisional gatekeepers. It sucks because I think Crute could have been elite, but his injuries have just like just fucked him. And the last couple of losses for him and this draw, it's just tough. I don't think his chin is there anymore. As we always say, like you only have so many knockouts. I think his chin is eroded. And then for Menafield, I mean, he just seems to lack a certain fight IQ. And that's kind of where all I have to say about this one. Jeff, we'll go to you. Yeah, I mean, this is a mistake you can see out of someone in their like fucking second UFC fight. Not your, what, how many is it now? Like, 12? Something like that. Something crazy. He's been fighting in fucking, since, what, Contender Series Season 2. He What's that, two. like, yeah. 17 he's, or he's something? He's been in the UFC for a fucking minute. How are you making this? How are you doing this? 
I don't know. I don't know. You got to be the biggest of stooges for that one. <laughs> yeah, it was a stooge-ass fight. Mike? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with your take on uh, Jimmy Crew too, and it's crazy because he's still super young, but it's like, I don't know, you're rolling on three straight losses. I mean, two straight losses and a draw. I don't even know what the fuck you consider this. It's a draw on paper, but a loss damn near. Yeah. And outside yeah. of and him wrestling, he's just not I was about up to, to say par. That. I know we don't like to talk bad about fighters, but Jimmy Crute, he kind of stinks on the feet, not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say that's like really – that's just like a critici- a fair criticism. Like, I mean, look through his fights, boys. His fucking t- – like eight takedowns. Six takedowns, three takedowns. I mean, that's saying something. He's a good wrestler. That's a and all, fucking but... one-trick pony, Dana. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, I agree. These guys will probably be gone within the next year or two. Yeah. So. Unfortunate. I don't know about yeah. Benefield. I feel like he keeps around because he has that. Was he the... he was the one with the crazy K. He has a crazy KO, right? Uh, he does have some of the lowest fighter IQ I've seen. Yeah, yeah, he I, does have I, a couple decent KOs though. Yeah, he has some good KOs. I don't know. I just that was that was a pain. And Jimmy Crute asked to run it back at the end. I don't want to fucking watch that. Which I don't think it. I think someone has already got a new fight from there, anyways. But um, yeah. All right, next fight, another fucking disappointment. Our boy Parker Porter. I think 10, 20 seconds in, gets a huge quick counter strike KO. Gets knocked out through a counter strike. Absolutely slumped. Put to sleep by Justin Taffa. We don't have to go too much into this one. Hopefully, I DM'd him today. I don't know if he's going to still come on. I would understand if he didn't because that was kind of a tough position to be in. I would understand if he needs some time to heal, A, and B, if he uh, just doesn't want to talk about it, which I would completely get. So we'll hold our breath. Hopefully, he does end up coming on again. But, yeah, tough tough KO loss for our boy uh, Parker Porter there. Nice win for T- Justin Toffa, though. Um, yeah, Mike, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, the only way Justin Taffa could have won was that way. So yeah. it's just where the dice landed and it happened. I mean, he it couldn't have won. He wasn't going to win any other way besides a knockout. So yeah. this is the way the dice rolled that night. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what I saw coming. I mean, I, I hated to say it, but I had to. Yeah. I, you did. You did call this one. Yeah. I mean, you can't go against the fucking the New Zealand fucking swanger and fucking in in the <laughs> island in the obvious swang and bang match, dude. Yeah. I mean it's it's the most technical terms over here, but Yeah. No, they are. <laughs> they are very technical. Um, yeah, no, tough tough fight for our boy Parker Porter. Good win for Justin Taffa. And yeah, hopefully Parker Porter ends up still coming on. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the Yair versus Emmett fight and then the big fight at the end. Well, you're missing one, brother. Oh, yeah, the Jack Della Maddalena fight as well. All right, we're back from our break. Let's talk about this Jack Della Maddalena performance against Randy Brown, boys. Holy fuck. I mean, what a fucking prospect Jack Della Maddalena is. Holy shit. To recap, the fight starts out as a fun back-and-forth contest on the feet. But then Jack nukes Randy Brown against the face against the fence. Randy Brown face plants. Jack starts hammer fisting the, him on the ground. That pause, and then <laughs> decides to take his back and submit him. Uh, what a fucking performance from Jack Della Maddalena. What a win! And yeah, I I'm so impressed with this motherfucker, dude. I'm such a big fan of him, as I know you guys are. 
his call his uh his um what's it called speech afterwards was amazing actually we forgot to talk about the jamie malarkey call out of patty the batty that was fucking awesome that was an awesome call out i really that was one of my favorite calls i've seen in a while but yeah i agree because i think ranking wise them yeah. two could work it's actually realistic i think i think that you don't want that come on Patty doesn't want anything. I think it's more realistic than that Drew Dober fight that we saw because Patty knows he's going to knock the fuck out. Um, But yeah, so shout out to Jack uh, fucking Jamie Malarkey for that awesome call out. And then Jack Della Maddalena. He didn't call anyone out, but he just had an awesome post-fight interview. A lot of fun. Great fight. Great performance. Jeff, give us your thoughts on this one. Jack Della Maddalena? That's I mean, (laughs) dude... (laughs) He's going to be a champion within the next two years. Calling it here. Write it down. Book I it. actually agree with that. Put your bets in fucking DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever. <laughs> Call your bookie. Tell him Jack Della Madalena is going to be a champion. <laughs> Jack Della Madalena. He just sent Randy Brown to do the, doing the chicken dance. <laughs> He's ranked now, I think. Dude, I think I after Tuesday, he's ranked. I think he's 14. He's a fucking dog, man. He, he's slowly creeping up there, man. Oh, I, am a I jack- cannot wait to see. It's because it's inevitably with the Hamzad shit, it's going to be him and Shavkat, whether it's for a title or number oh, one contender. Yeah. I think Madalena is going to move into Hamzad's spot since his weight can't get figured out, and it's it's going to be a fucking collision course from Della Madalena and oh. Shavkat. He's going to be the fucking Volkanovski to these fucking Russian wrestlers at the top, brother. Um, it's going to be Neil Magny first, and then and then. Don't ca- dude, dude, dude Neil Magny will fight anyone. I know he's the only one. He's the only one that's going to touch. He's the only one that's going to touch Jack Della Maddalena. Um, yeah, poor guy. Yeah, he's. I, he's I saw he actually it. talked about fighting Vincent Luque, which that, would be another good one. Yeah. Oh yeah! I, oh yeah! I saw that too. Actually, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, either Dude, one is good. I think he has he's... one more, and then the and then the Shavkat situation. That motherfucker is just—he is everything you want in the prospect. Dude, super yeah. fucking exciting. Like you said, great guy on the mic. I mean, he had what a four-inch reach disadvantage and five-inch height, and holy shit, you could not have even told. You nope. wouldn't have no fucking clue. You would have thought he was seven foot tall. I know. Yeah, like, like that's the one fuck. thing I said. I don't know if it was before this fight or before some other fight, but when a fighter has a reach advantage in MMA, it doesn't re- mean much because a lot of time they don't know how to use it in MMA for some reason. Only in like really kickboxing they use reach effectively, really. Not mm. even real boxing, really. But yeah. dude, when you have a fighter with the with a super tiny reach, like almost T Rex arms, and they're like absolutely killing people that's where you really got a problem that's where you yeah. get them tysons and the fucking jack della madalena yeah <laughs> there you go he's just he's riding this fucking hype train perfectly he's doing everything perfect yeah next fight josh emmett versus yair rodriguez uh kind of went out exactly how we saw it going i mean yair was just devastating josh emmett uh with his striking i mean the there was you could just see Emmett was, I think, broken probably around one, round one would be my guess. Um, he did hurt Yair with some big shots, but I mean, I I feel bad for Emmett. That was he had a a truly awful weight cut. If you look at that picture of him, he looks fucked. Um, he looks really really bad. 
And then, yeah, Yair was just eating him up with these kicks that were just crushing him. Emmett did hurt Yair with uh, some big shots. And to end round one, Emmett did get Yair on the ground and put him in some tough spots. But round two, Yair just pieced up Emmett. He elbowed him so bad, and Emmett ate a knee, but you could just tell he was, he was fading. And then Yair got Emmett in that triangle, submitted him to win the interim belt. Uh, yeah, Yair, Yair's the real fucking deal, boys. And uh, good win for him. Tough look for Emmett because I don't think he's getting a title shot anytime, to, anytime soon. Uh, so you could just see he kind of got crushed there. That was really tough to watch. And, um, yeah, tough weight cut, tough spot for Emmett in general. Mike, how did you feel about Yair becoming interim uh, champ here? I, I, there, there was, I didn't have even a percent chance, one singular percent chance of hope that Josh Emmett was going to win. I think I called this pretty perfectly. I said it was going to be pretty reminiscent of Kapilov and Punahele Soriano. Yeah. And that's exactly what it looked like. Like Yair was just a step ahead of Josh Emmett. Like you said, Yair's and outside of Vulcan Holloway, he's probably in a league of his own in comparison to the other contenders as of right now. Yeah. Emmett looked rough. I would even say after this, Emmett's probably on his way out because he's yeah. not going to get a title shot. I mean, he just flat out dominated him. I besides the couple scramble scrambles on the ground, I mean, it wasn't even close, in my opinion. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Uh Jeff he earned it. He did. Yeah. But who would have thunk it? Fucking Yair by submission. Yeah, that, I didn't expect that one. That was a, that was a weird little one, just like the fucking little Jack Della by sub. Yeah, I know. It was a little snuck in there, but Yair was actually like a really like good technical sub. Yeah, that was. I fucking... mean, after he luckily fucking got Ortega's arm out, I didn't think he was ever going to get a submission win, and that I don't even think went in the books as a submission win. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, you guys ready to move on to the main event, the one that everyone's been waiting for? Yeah. All right. One of the, the fight of the year so far, one of the best fights I've ever seen. Uh Volk versus Islam. Let's just start here. I agree with the decision. I do not agree with the scoring. I 49-46 is a crime. That was not 49-46. Derek Cleary always scores shit wrong. He was yeah, the one with the liar. He had the terrible card with uh Cannoneer and Strickland. Yeah. He had the one terrible card of the three. Yeah, very tough. Um, yeah, I just disagree with the 49-46. I do agree that it was um, Islam via I, – I thought it would be a, via – if it was via unanimous, not 49-46, but I could have seen – I could have agreed with a, with a split as well. Mike, go right ahead. What, what was your, your pick, your score, whatever? Um, I went back and watched it like two or three times. I had it fucking tied, and I, I I don't like a tie at all, and I think it wouldn't have been a good decision to make. But I had it for Islam, 10-9, 10-9, 9-10. I, I did round four, which never fucking happens, but I did a 10-10 because I thought round four was so fucking hard on the eyes and unbearable. Like, it was just the worst round of the fight by far. And to me – the thing with round four is I get the control time by Islam, and I get you're always a threat on someone's back. And if Volk only outstruck him by maybe, say, five strikes that round, I get the 10-9. Volk had 30 more fucking strikes that round. To me, that wow. negates no real submission attempt and just back. And, like, you're literally you're just holding a body triangle. That's it. I don't yeah. think I, – I didn't like the 10-9 – 
for round four at all. I would have gave it a 10-10 tie and then 9-10, which I had 48 total points for both of them. So I, I had them tied. Jeff? I mean, I've, just like Joe Sutton said, I, I, the decision's the right decision, but you can't do that to Volk, dude. You can't. That's fucked up. They they should have gave him the decision, if anything, dude. They should have fucking robbed Islam, if anything, dude. It should have been a unanimous Volk. How are you going to fucking give it to the away team and in Perth in a close fight, in a fight that he wasn't supposed to have a chance in, and he's fucking out there whooping ass? He clearly did more damage, which should be the number one thing weighed in fights is the is damage. That not what it is? I don't understand this. Dude, well, we talked about it somewhat yeah. Saturday yeah. night. We were texting each other. Dude, how the fuck does it keep going back and forth? Because yeah. if that's the case, why in the flying fuck didn't Peter Jan beat Sugar Sean? Exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. Makes no that's, sense to me. It does. It, it should be. I would I would think that the the winner of a fight is decided via damage. That's what fighting's fucking about. Yeah, and I yeah. get you have to score it by round. You can't just say he did more damage and then that's it. But he did more damage across, I would say, four of the five fucking rounds. Yeah. No I don't, doubt. Even when Islam... T- Islam's takedowns were the only ones he was landing were straight desperation takedowns. Yeah. They're after he got fucking rocked. It was like every time. And also, whenever he was on on Bolt's back, he was not going for submissions. He was trying to not get punched by Bolt. That's it. That's why I had round four 10 10. I couldn't decide a winner. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And this just showed me that Volk is still number one pound for pound. Me too. He's still the guy, in my opinion. And he is, I, I just think, far and away the greatest fighter on earth right now. Yeah, I'm so hyped he didn't fucking let us down. Because we put a lot on Volk pretty much in this fucking talking about hyping up Volk all fucking three sides, picking him fucking plus 300 underdog. And dude, he really, he really showed the world what the fuck he is. Yeah, it's fair. Is it fair to say? I mean, I despise Islam after this. Do you guys? How do you feel about Islam? Yeah, he's kind of like becoming a villain. Everyone's Fucking hating douche. him now. He's kind of a douche. I mean, I don't like. I don't know. He's very cocky. The dag the Dagestani fighters are always very cocky, and then they all talk about being humble and all that, but. They're all not none of them. And I don't know where that's coming from because he didn't look invincible. Like I think no, it's like if Fiziev's if Fiziev's takedown defense can get a little stiffer, he can be a guy who can give him a run. Like he did not yeah. look invincible on the feet by any means. Like I wouldn't if I'm Islam, I don't leave that fight feeling the best on earth. And he could have handled it sort of like Sean, but he kind of went the opposite way. And yeah, I mean it it sucks, uh when Volk's trying to make a fight too, and Islam's just fucking backpacking him and using control time, so, I mean, yeah, I fucking hated that. That's what happened. And then, and then to end the fight with the ground and pound, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Also, my um, my oh, friend yeah. and the start, the walkout, fucking from a land down under. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was so sweet. great, dude. That's the- been in my head all fucking week. Oh yeah, great walkout. Um. I had my friend up and we were watching. We were both big Volk fans. I we all put money on Volk. And when they said 
And I thought they heard I we heard like the A part and we just started cheering because we thought it was the A for Al- Alexander Volkanovsky. So we started fucking freaking out. And then we look over and see Islam getting handed the fucking belt. So yeah, that kind of sucked. Um obviously I'm biased, but Islam I just not I don't really like Islam. I'll be honest with you. Um talks a lot of shit, but you know, not I don't know. It was just tough to watch. And uh yeah, I I hated the way that the fight ended with the scoring, but somehow Volk won and Islam lost somehow in terms of just uh fan and just I don't know, everyone that's watched that fight now thinks that Volk is pound for pound number one if they didn't already. And Islam is not number one right now, pound for pound at all. I wouldn't even say like, I don't know. After that performance, I don't think he's top one at all. I think it's Volk still. Um, all right. Transitioning now. Let's do. Yeah. UFC. Also, also the fact that UFC didn't put Islam number one pound for pound there. I think they're going to run it back. Yeah. I think so. I mean, what did is what was Islam fighting for? What was on the line from Volk? That number one spot. Yeah. Did Volk lose anything? No. So the UFC thinks that Volk didn't lose. We gotta run it back. Run it back. All right. Let's transition now. The UFC is throwing out a piece of absolute dog shit that they're calling a fight night. This is an absolutely horrific card. Um, I like the Andrade. Well. I don't like the Andrade Blanchfield fight. I like the two fighters, and I just f- feel for uh, Blanchfield in this position. The Santos Blanchfield fight, I think, is a very good co-main event. I don't think it's a main event. Um, this card fell apart. It's really bad. So because of that, we're only going to give you, I believe, four fights um, picks because it's so bad. Um, our boy Joe Selecki was supposed to fight in this card. He pulled out for undisclosed reasons. I think it's because he could not find an opponent. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Joe Selecki. He, he'll be fighting soon though. Let's start with fight number one, Ovin St. Pro versus Felipe Lenz. St. Pro is 26-16 coming off of a split decision win over Shogun. Uh, Felipe Lenz is 15-5, and five, is coming off of a win over uh, Marcin Pacino, who is on this card. These guys are big strikers. I have no idea who's going to win, honestly. And I don't know what, I don't know much about this fight, but I do know that this is going to be a fucking messy fight between two older big dudes who both need a win. I I really like Ovince, but I think I'm taking Felipe Lenz here at, at decision. I just think he can outlast Ovince, but I don't feel great about it. And um, I, I, oh, I was listening to MMA Guru, and he said that, like, I think Lenz's, like, last eight fights have been canceled. So he's fucking really looking forward to a fight here, and I that's why I, I, I'm going to pick him via unanimous decision. Um. Jeff, we'll start with you. How do you feel about that pick, and who are you picking? Yeah, mm, this one's also a very hard one for me to pick as well. I mean, both pretty old guys coming off of not great wins, off of fucking losses. Um, I, I... I just got to go Lens here. I feel like OSP left it a little too close with Shogun, and Shogun's last few fights have... Ugh. Yeah. If you're well, leaving it if you're leaving it up to hang with him, I don't know. I agree with that. Mike? 
Uh, I just think this fight just fits the whole theme of this card. Just thrown together, messy, crazy shit. Like you mentioned, Felipe Lins, eight of nine last fights. He's either injured or weighs too much. Fucking OSP's missed three straight fights. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, does like, this fight what happen? is going on we're, here? We're recording I'm... this on Wednesday, so if this fight doesn't happen, I would not be fucking surprised. Like, and then imagine, like, trying to, like, if you look at their resumes, trying to explain to someone who doesn't watch UFC how Felipe Lenz is the favorite. Like, he's fought once in his last 10 fights against a guy who, at one point in time, could have been a, not number one contender, but a top contender in his division. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is just the messiest nuttiest fight they could have put on this card and it just matches the whole theme of this card oh, yeah. i'm gonna roll osp just because the experience and hopefully can pull another fucking rabbit out of his hat but like you guys said i have no fucking clue oh yeah this is also my uh prelim pick of the night because that's the only prelim we're gonna be talking yeah, about this fucking card's going shit on our record thank god we're only picking four i know next fight jim miller versus alexander hernandez Jim Miller is 35 and 16 with one no contest, and he's on a three-fight win streak. Alex Hernandez is on a two-fight loss streak. Uh, Alex Hernandez, known for his first round of insanity, and then after that, he just kind of falls apart. Uh, Alex is taking this fight on short notice, is going up against an old Jim Miller, yes, but a Jim Miller who can take beatings, and I think Jim gets the win here. After a fun and scary first round, I think Jim is going to be able to just, you know, take Alex down and submit him or get a decision win. Um I just think he has more ways to hurt Alex, has more experience, and Alex is coming off, coming in on short notice after a really tough TKO loss to Billy Quarantillo. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm taking Jim Miller here. Mike, who are you taking in this fight? Dude, another insanely weird one to fucking judge. Because if you like present both these guys, you have Hernandez, who yes, has been losing a lot lately, but he knocked out Darius in his debut fight. Yeah, Darius is probably the next guy up to fight who's number two pound for pound in the world right now. But he's lost three straight. But then there's certain times during fights, like the first two minutes, where you got to like rub your eyes and you're like, holy shit, Alex is back. Like he looks like a top guy on the planet. The Billy Quarantillo fight, he fucking looked perfect example. Fantastic. And we thought we we all picked Hernandez or Billy Quarantillo and we thought he was fucking done for. Dude, he has moments like that. So you have this guy on one hand. You're like, all right, well, he should be the clear winner. Then you have a guy who literally has the most wins in UFC history. He looks like he got his second win somehow from out of nowhere, 39 years old, racks off three straight wins. I mean, how the fuck do you even pick between that? And they're nine years <laughs> age difference. Uh, it just matches this crazy, shitty card. I'm going to roll with Jim Miller, too. I have way more confidence in Jim Miller to keep it together in this fight. But, but it's just, what the fuck's going on with this? Jim Miller also plus 190, so I will be I, – I actually did. I bet on Jim Miller, and I put him in a in a uh, parlay with another fight that's happening later on in the night. Um, Jeff, who are you picking in this one? Um, Dude, I really want to pick Jim Miller. But fucking – yeah, fuck it. I'm going to pick Jim Miller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like he's just trending a little bit in the right direction compared to Alexander Hernandez, even though he he's had some great, some like not too bad losses, right? Like some not too bad. I mean, he's had some bad losses, but not bad showings in them, just losses. Yeah. So I, it kind of makes me want to be weary and pick Hernandez, 
And also the nine-year age difference, I don't think I'm not sure what the record is for fighters with that difference, but I know it's fucking something crazy because I saw Jamal Glover. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when we saw it pop up on fucking ESPN, but I remember seeing that shit, and I was like, wow, I need to take fucking note of that one, and here we are. Yeah, fair, very fair. Next fight. But fuck it, give me Jim. Fuck it, give and, me Jim. Dude, what you think, boys? Is he making it to UFC fucking... What is it? 300. 300 now? He's trying to make it to. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, on 100 and 200, I think. Trying to fight on three. Nuts if he did that. Let's think. When's 300? Three years from now, probably? 284. Eh, it might be next year. What do they do? Like five, five a year? Five is 15. No, they do like 12. Don't they do 12? It's every month. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 12. So it's a year. It's a year and then three months. Well, from. no, it's like 13, actually. Yeah, so it's a year and like two months. Because there's like one or two months with two. From from 285, so it's like a year and around it three-ish months from now. Oh, uh, he can make it for sure. Yeah, he could probably make it, actually. He takes the, it takes a little time off this fight, maybe gets one more in there, and then takes some more time and gets the other one in there. That's doable. Um, That's a pretty uh, sick feat. That is a sick feat. All right, next fight, Jordan Wright versus Zach Pauga. Fucking a boys. Uh, Wright is twelve and four. He's on a three fight loss streak. Paga six and one, coming off of that KO loss to Mo Usman, which he was winning until he got fucking knocked out. But he was winning against Mo Usman. Um, Zach Pauga is a better striker, has heavy, heavy hands. Jordan Wright just got K- KO'd by uh, Todorovic not very long ago, and is back pretty quickly. Um, Jordan Wright is the better wrestler, but Paga has actually super good fucking takedown defense. So for that. I see Zach getting it done, uh, being able to stand on the feet and getting the win here. Um, I might, I'm going to go in and say maybe KO, but if not KO, then decision. But I do think Zach gets it done here. Um, Jeff, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. I mean, Jordan Wright, he kind of reminds me of Jimmy Crew on the feet. Not trying to be fucking, not trying to shit on a fighter, but yeah. Dude, he's so fucking slow and so wonky on the feet. It's got wonkiness to him for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's not a good look whenever he's not fucking rolling around. Yeah. So give me Zach Falco. Mike? Yeah, I just, I have no confidence. I, the only way I have confidence in Jordan Wright is if he can start his wrestling. If not, I have no confidence in a guy who's been knocked out a few times in middleweight moving up a weight to fight a guy yeah. who does knock people out. I just, yeah, I don't know. That just that, that doesn't compute to me. I'm going to take Zach Quagga if I finish somehow. I'll make this my NyQuil fight of the night. All right. I was just going to ask if that's your NyQuil fight of the night. Okay. Final fight. Jessica Andrade or Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield. Boys, I hate this fight. And it's not because of the two fighters. I actually am a huge fan of both of these ladies. I fucking love watching both of these fights. You know, I've been on the Blanchfield train for a long time. I, I've been picking her the last couple of times she's fought. A big fan of her. Obviously, Jessica Andrade is a legend. I fucking love watching her fight too. I just hate this for Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, this is too much too soon for her, I think, unfortunately. And I think that Andrade is going to get this done easily. I, I That's the person I parlayed with, um, Jim Miller and I took her straight up as well. I believe she was at minus 150 odds, which is an absolute steal to get Andrade at. 
I know they're probably worried about this Aaron Blanchfield wrestling, but she's never been hit with something like what Indraj throws, and I'm really worried for her in this one. Um, we saw what Jessica did to fucking Lauren Murphy not that long ago, and holy fuck was that very hard to watch, and I hope the same doesn't happen to Aaron Blanchfield, but um, I hate this because Aaron Blanchfield's a real contender, and they're feeding... Granted, this is like a short notice step in for Talia Santos, which was a pretty natural progression for Aaron Blanchfield. I like that Santos fight for her. I thought it was going to be hard still, but I thought it was the natural progression. You beat Santos and then they give you someone else, you know, to get like keep you keep it going. You don't want to um, burn out when you're young like this. But they gave her uh, Jessica Andrade, who, who she's a fucking legit contender. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully she just mitigates the pain um and draws 24 9 on a on a three fight win streak blanchfield is 10 and 1 is on a seven fight win streak so yeah i'm picking jessica here uh my uh yeah mike we'll start with you how'd you feel about this fight uh yeah i have zero confidence in aaron blanchfield having this one like you said it's nothing against her i think she's great she's a fit definitely fantastic for her age i just I would think Jessica Andrade would have to get mauled by a pack of fucking dogs Friday night yeah. for Aaron Blanchfield to come in with a real chance. I just – I don't see it one bit. There's – we've said it before, and I don't like like reusing phrases, but there's definitely levels to the UFC, and this is just a whole nother beast she's taking on. Like, yeah, she rolls Meatball Molly, but come on, Molly Meatball is not Jessica Andrade, not even by a smidgen. No, and I just – Molly's not a great wrestler at all. One thing for Aaron Blanchfield, though, luckily for her, with the lack there of big names in the women's department as of right now, she'll hang around. Even if she gets decimated, she'll hang around. She's not just going to disappear off the scene. She'll still be a contender. But, yeah, I don't – I tried to find a way that I could pick Aaron Blanchfield to win because I like Aaron Blanchfield, too. But I just don't see it. And Jessica Andrade is strong too. Like I just don't see her game plan having much success. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I mean this is a hundred and ten percent a fucking a real fucking tough fight for Aaron. But after last week, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we might be surprised. That's understandable. There's a lot of money coming in on Aaron. Dude, I, I don't, I mean, with this, with the skill gap in the, like, women's divisions, it's not, it's really hard to not throw a prospect into the deep end. I mean, just look at the fight that was already booked. Talia Santos just took the hardest fight in years to fucking Shevchenko, so, I mean, there's no, like, easy way of ripping the band-aid off and getting into top contendership in women's divisions right now. Yeah. So, I mean... I feel like if if Aaron's really the real deal, she's going to show it on Saturday, man. And I feel like there's a chance we might just and just like this Volk fight, there's like no like there's like no route of winning that I could see Aaron Blanchfield having here. But she's still fucking she's just got that it factor. She's got that dog in her. And I feel like she might pull something out of her ass and, I mean, bring it to Jessica Andrade. That being said, the only people who have taken it to Jessica Andrade are champions. So I'm fucking scared. 
I'm very scared for the girl. The one thing that stood out to me like a sore thumb, too, is that Shevchenko had a lot of success on the mat against Andrade. But I just don't know if Blanchfield is Shevchenko yet. So I don't know. I think it'll be a live bet if you're going to bet this fight either way. Wait to see how the first couple of minutes look. That's fair. So, Jeff, are you taking Blanchfield? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to rock out with Blanchfield. And who, what's your Hammy Sosa lock of the night? Um, Let me check the odds real quick just to make sure I want this. It's not as wide as you think. Yeah, it, she's no, like... No, 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 no. Oh, I, I, I wasn't going to take it in Blanchfield. As his Hammy oh. Sosa. Yeah, he's taking something else. So, I know the Blanchfield uh, and Draw odds are not very wide. Yeah. Not near as wide. I would think they would be at Damn. like minus 250 or something. I thought they were going to give not. us a little money on to not go to distance. I would have taken that. Um. Yeah, no, I grabbed money on Jessica and Draw just because of the You know what? The money give me Aaron Blanchfield as a fucking lock. Hell yeah. All right. Mm. Hell yeah. That's a fancy-ass move. We're going to be surprised. Fuck it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Uppercut. Thank you all for listening. We will be back with a review episode of this UFC fight night. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. And uh, hope maybe Aaron Blanchfield wins and gets the Hammy Sosa lock of the night to hit. Um, And yeah, stay tuned. We will be having more fighters on very soon for interviews. Stay tuned for that. And thank you all for listening. And peace. Peace.